I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is an apostrophe podcast production. We regret to inform you, the Rejection Podcast. I kept thinking, I'm in the wrong movie. Where's the director? Where's the producer? This is not my movie. Sarah Blakely. When Sarah Blakely was a child... She and her brother would sit down every night for a family dinner at their home in Clearwater, Florida. And as they scarfed down their spaghetti and meatballs, her father would ask them one question. He'd say, so what did you fail at this week? Most parents would ask about good grades, athletic accomplishments, or even the go-to, how was your day? But those didn't top Mr. Blakely's list. He wanted to know what they'd attempted that had gone horribly wrong. Because if they weren't failing, they weren't trying anything new. If the kids had nothing to report, he'd actually be disappointed. So when Sarah auditioned for the school play and it was an absolute disaster, she knew waiting for her at home was a high five. At a very young age, Sarah Blakely was bit by the entrepreneurial bug. She set up a haunted house at Halloween and charged her friends and neighbors admission. She hired her schoolmates to do her chores. And by high school, she set up her first true business with clients, a babysitting service at the Clearwater Beach Hilton and Spa. While you sunned yourself by the Oceanside Pool, 
she'd watch your little ones for just $8 per child. That is, without the knowledge or permission of the hotel. And after three consecutive summers of booming business, she decided to formally approach the hotel management about hiring her as the Hilton's official babysitter. It didn't go well. The manager was horrified. He asked her if she had any formal training, insurance, or CPR certification, to which the answers were no, no, and no. Blakely was escorted off the premises. It would be the first of many times she'd realize, sometimes it's better to beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. Blakely's father was a trial attorney, and she would often beg him to bring her along to work so she could watch him in action. When he obliged, she'd marvel at the courtroom. Throughout high school, she joined the debate team, and when her senior year rolled around and it came time to choose her own career path, it was a no-brainer. She'd become a lawyer. So she majored in legal communications at Florida State University and anxiously wrote the LSAT, But in her own words, she bombed. Tests were not Blakely's strong suit. She had trouble focusing for extended periods of time. So she decided to enroll in an LSAT prep course, study even harder, and take the test a second time. She scored one point lower than her first attempt. Blakely was mortified. Traumatized that her entire life's plans had just come to a screeching halt, She hopped in the car and headed an hour and a half inland to Disney World. When she arrived in Orlando, Blakely decided to be goofy. Literally. She walked through the theme park gates and auditioned for the role of turtleneck-wearing, green-hat-sporting friend of Mickey, Goofy. There was just one problem. The Goofy costume was made for someone 5 foot 8 inches tall, and Blakely was 5'6". So they made her a chipmunk instead, and she started manning rides. She later told Forbes that after planning her life around becoming a lawyer and having it crumble to pieces, she was happy to postpone reality for a while. But after a short stint buckling adrenaline junkies into their seats, Blakely took her break one day and saw Snow White sparking up a Marlboro behind an attraction. It didn't get much realer than that. She knew it was time to leave the Magic Kingdom and find herself a new dream. Blakely looked up one day and noticed a billboard for an office supply company. They were hiring, so she applied and landed a job as a door-to-door fax machine salesperson. They gave her a cubicle, a phone book, four zip codes, and a $20,000 per month quota. If her family dinner table conversations were a crash course in accepting rejection, then door-to-door sales would earn her a PhD. Every day for eight straight hours, she'd either cold call or knock on the doors of every company within her designated area. She was hung up on, yelled at, had her business card ripped up in her face, and for a second and third time in her life, was escorted off the premises. 
There were days when she'd walk in the door of an office building only to realize it was open concept, and she'd have to give her sales pitch with an earshot of the entire office. She'd sometimes panic and pretend she'd walked into the wrong building. Other days, she'd drive around the block multiple times before summoning the courage to pull in. One afternoon, she pulled over to the side of the road and said to herself, this can't be my life. What happened? Getting rejected day in and day out was exhausting and demoralizing. But her father's lessons were ever present and she decided to shift her thinking to approach each and every cold call as a challenge. She learned that you almost always had to weather a certain number of no's before landing a yes. It came with the territory. And by age 25, her sales record was a big yes for the office supply company. Blakely was chosen to become the company's national sales trainer and was relocated to Atlanta, Georgia. It gave her a thought. Imagine what she'd be capable of if she was selling something she created and actually cared about. Blakely was spending all day every day in the Georgia heat, wearing a suit and lugging fax machines in and out of her car. And if she wanted to feel good in those suits, she'd have to wear pantyhose underneath as well. The same problem also spilled over into her personal life. She had bought a new pair of white pants to wear to a party. They looked amazing on the runway and amazing on the mannequin. But when she got home, they looked less than amazing on her. They were see-through and unflattering. For this very reason, the back of her closet had become a Narnia of unworn pieces. But she was eager to find a solution this time, so she looked at her options. Pantyhose helped with shaping and coverage, but meant she was limited to closed-toe shoes only. Shapers cinched in her waist, but stopped above the knee, leaving a visible elastic band bulge on the thigh and underwear often left panty lines and did very little for the see-through issue. That's when Blakely said, there's gotta be a better way. And she made a decision to cut the feet off her pantyhose. Cutting out the feet of her hose gave her the slimming benefits of shapers and the coverage of pantyhose, all with the option of wearing sandals, She was from Florida after all, so she wore her white pants to the party. The idea was genius in theory, but throughout the night, the legs of her pantyhose kept rolling up awkwardly without the foot coverings to hold them in place. It was less than ideal. She began wondering if a product already existed to prevent this issue. So one day after work, she went to the Georgia Tech Library to do a little research. And after seven nights of digging, she came to the conclusion that her idea was brand new. Next, Blakely wondered if there was anyone else in the world who'd be as interested in the product as she was. There was a gap in the market, but was there a market in the gap? So she walked to the closest Neiman Marcus and asked a sales associate if she thought any of her customers would wear a footless hose. The associate's face lit up 
She said she had hordes of customers who tried to make their own at-home versions because they can't find what they're looking for in the undergarment section. Bingo. Blakely now had research and a one-woman focus group. Blakely's biggest obstacle was making sure the legs of the product didn't roll up throughout the day. So she decided to make a prototype. There was only one teensy fly in the ointment. She didn't know how to sew. So she went to fabric and craft stores after work to buy supplies. She took her favorite pair of pantyhose out of her dresser and started cutting out the feet, then duct taping lace to the bottoms. She safety pinned and glued different stretchy materials together but she quickly realized a true prototype would need to be made on a machine. She started researching manufacturers, hoping to find one nearby. And as it turned out, North Carolina was the hosiery mill capital of the United States. And now that Blakely was in Atlanta, her prototype was just a hop, skip, and a five-hour drive away. So she looked up the phone numbers of a few hosiery mills in the yellow pages and started making calls. Every single one either hung up on her or simply said, no thanks, it's not a good idea. But Blakely knew her footless pantyhose idea had legs. So she decided not to waste any more time. Before she moved forward with anything else, she should secure a patent for her product. She came across a website that lists and ranks local attorneys, but she noticed they were all men. So she called the Chamber of Commerce and told them she was looking for a female patent attorney. They informed her that there were zero in the state of Georgia. That's when it dawned on Blakely. She'd have to explain her footless hose idea to a man. Blakely called three lawyers, who each quoted her between three and $5,000 to write a patent. But sitting in her bank account was 5,000 total in savings. That money would have to stretch this entire process. Spending it all on a lawyer was out of the question. So she decided to write the patent herself. She may have failed the LSAT twice, but she had two things going for her. An undergrad in legal communications, and a book called Patents and Trademarks from Barnes & Noble. After countless hours researching and writing, the patent was nearly complete. With the help of her mother, who drew a sketch of Blakely in the duct-taped prototype, the only missing piece was the claims portion, the legal jargon that defines the parameters of the patent itself. Blakely decided she probably needed a real lawyer to handle that part. So she marched over to the offices of the attorney who had given her the most time of day over the phone to inquire about the cost of writing only the claims. She said he looked at her like she was crazy. He couldn't believe she had written three quarters of the patent herself. But beyond that, he later told Blakely he thought the product and the idea were terrible. Blakely had vibrated into his office talking about butt shapers and getting the right crotch materials and changing the world. And his first thought was either he was on candid camera or he was being pranked by his lawyer friends. But at the end of the day, he gave in. He would finish the patent for $750. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Through door-to-door sales, Blakely learned that you have about 15 seconds to capture someone's attention. But if you can make them smile or laugh, you get an extra 15 to 30. So she decided to take one week off work and drive to North Carolina to convince these hosiery mills to help her bring her idea to life. When she showed up at their doors, each one asked her three questions. They'd say, and you are? She'd say, Sarah Blakely. They'd say, and you're with? She'd say, Sarah Blakely. They'd say, and you're financially backed by? And she'd say, Sarah Blakely. They'd say, well, nice to meet you, Sarah Blakely. Good luck with your idea, as they'd usher her out the door. For a week straight, she was rejected and drove home defeated. Blakely wondered if she should just give up on her idea altogether. The hosiery industry was on a steep and steady decline, and more and more women were opting for bare legs to avoid the outdated, visible pantyhose look. But Blakely was frustrated by those statistics. She didn't think women should have to choose between functional shapewear and bare legs. They could have both. She felt depressed and asked the universe for a sign any kind of sign on whether or not she should pursue her wild idea or surrender to a life of closed-toe shoes and fax machines. She flicked on the television and caught the end of an episode of The Oprah Winfrey Show. Oprah was sitting on her famous couch, wearing a long dress and sandals. 
and she revealed to the audience of women that she had cut the feet out of her pantyhose to make the outfit work. The audience instantly applauded because they instantly understood. And there it was, clear as day. A sign this product was so desperately needed, even Oprah was DIYing a solution. Then, two weeks later, the phone rang. It was one of the manufacturers in Charlotte, North Carolina. He said, Sarah, I've decided to help you make your crazy idea. When she asked him what had changed his mind, he simply said, I have daughters. For one full year, between selling fax machines, Blakely drove back and forth from Atlanta to Charlotte on weekends, working hard to perfect her idea, giving up any semblance of a social life. And in the process, she learned some valuable things about the ways in which hosiery was made. Upon closer inspection, she realized all the manufacturers of women's shapewear were men. And perhaps the reason pantyhose was so uncomfortable was because it was being made by people who weren't spending all day every day wearing it. The mills were also using the same size waistband for a size small as they were a size large, and testing new styles on plastic mannequins instead of actual women. So Blakely decided to change those things. And hundreds of prototypes later, she held in her hands a final product, one she knew would provide women around the world with years of great rears. The next challenge for Blakely was to come up with a name for her invention. She'd been mulling over a list of possibilities on her long drives, writing down ideas on the backs of receipts and scrap pieces of paper. One that would later make her cringe was open-toed Delilah's. So she did what she had done throughout this entire process when she came up against an obstacle. She hit the books. In her research, Blakely discovered the two most widely recognized companies at the time were Coca-Cola and Kodak. Studies showed that brands with a strong K sound in their names were memorable. And with that in mind, one day when she was driving home, the word Spanx came to her in a vision across the dashboard. Her product was all about the behind, and Blakely said Spanx was a little naughty, a little risky, and would make people laugh. But right before she went to input it into the trademark website, she remembered she'd also read that made-up words like Kodak did better in the marketplace than real words, and that they were easier to trademark. So at the last minute, she typed in the word Spanx, spelled S-P-A-N-X. It was available. She hit send, and for just $250, her invention had a name. When Blakely stood in the hosiery section of department stores, she noticed the packaging on every single brand looked exactly the same. A black and white or hazy beige close-up of a woman's rear end. It was boring and overdone. So she and a friend of hers who had just graduated graphic design school came up with packaging that would stand out. It was red, Blakely's favorite color, 
and instead of photography, they drew a fun cartoon sketch. She had the product, she had the name, and now she had the packaging. The only thing left to do was get Spanx into stores. Cold calling had gotten Blakely this far. So one afternoon, she called the Neiman Marcus down the street. A woman answered, and Blakely proceeded to tell her all about her life-changing product. Until the woman stopped her in her tracks and said, Ma'am, we have a buying office in Dallas. So Blakely found the buying department's phone number, and she called, and called, and called. She could have left a voicemail, but if she had learned anything from door-to-door sales, it was that speaking to someone in real time made all the difference. Eventually, someone finally answered the phone, and Blakely said, I have a product that'll change the way your customers wear clothes, and if you give me five minutes, I'll fly to Dallas to show you. The woman paused, then asked where Blakely lived. She said Atlanta, Georgia. And the woman said, okay, if Blakely was willing to fly to Dallas from Atlanta, she'd give her 15 minutes. So Blakely and her Spanx hopped a flight to Texas. When Blakely arrived at the Neiman Marcus headquarters, she was instantly intimidated. The women walking around the office were impeccably dressed. She said even their pens matched their outfits. But she took a breath and began her pitch. Blakely was wearing the suit she wore to sell fax machines while waving around a Ziploc bag containing her magical butt-shaping product as she tried her best to explain how she had built a better mousetrap. But within a few minutes, she could sense that she was losing the buyer. So halfway through the presentation, Blakely stopped herself and asked the woman if she'd accompany her to the bathroom. The woman's eyes widened. Blakely said, I know it's weird, but I need to show you something. So the woman reluctantly followed Blakely to the staff washroom. It was the longest, most silent walk in the world. When they reached the bathroom, Blakely whipped out the infamous white pants that had spawned this whole journey. She put them on and showed the buyer her figure, the before shot. Then she hopped back into the stall, threw on a pair of Spanx and put the white pants back on. She came back out and showed the buyer the after shot. The woman looked at her, took a step back, then said, I'm putting them in seven stores. Blakely was in utter disbelief. The first phone call she made was to her manufacturer over at the hosiery mill in Charlotte. She told them she'd just landed Neiman Marcus and she was going to need more Spanx, stat. On the other end of the line was total silence. So she repeated herself and he said, don't take this the wrong way, Sarah, but I thought you'd end up giving these out as Christmas presents for the next five years. Throughout this entire process, Blakely was still working full-time selling fax machines. She needed the income and the health insurance. And while landing Neiman Marcus was a massive victory, there was still no guarantee the product would sell or that the department store would reorder. 
so to help ensure the products sold out in those seven stores, Blakely called friends and acquaintances from each state that now carried Spanx. She begged them to go to the stores, pretend they'd been looking for the product their entire lives, and buy a pair. Blakely would then send them a check. She also sent a gift basket of Spanx to Oprah Winfrey's longtime stylist as a solution to her cut-off pantyhose, along with a thank-you note telling Oprah how she had inspired her early on. Blakely herself also went to the stores every single day. She talked to sales associates about the product, explaining to them why they should suggest Spanx to their customers and how it could help them sell more clothing. She decided she didn't like that her product existed only in the hosiery section. She knew her customers weren't there. They were in the ready-to-wear or shoe departments. Not to mention, Neiman Marcus hadn't even given her product a whole row. She got one single pocket. So Blakely went to Target and bought envelope stands, the kind you'd find at a greeting card store, and set up spank stands at the Neiman Marcus cash registers. Remember, Neiman Marcus is one of the most upscale department stores in the world. But nobody stopped her. They all just assumed someone else had approved it. But as time went on, Blakely was running out of friends to bribe and money to bribe them with. Spanx was selling, but it wasn't enough. Then the phone rang. It was the Oprah Winfrey Show. Oprah's stylist had received the gift basket and recommended she give Spanx a try. Oprah became obsessed. But there was more. Oprah loved Spanx so much that she decided to feature them on Oprah's Favorite Things. Oprah's Favorite Things was an annual episode that aired just before the holidays, where Oprah presented her favorite products of the year that she thought would make the best gifts. It was a dream come true for live audience members because they'd all received that year's slate of items for free. But it was an even bigger deal for the chosen brands because products featured on Oprah's favorite things were known to sell out instantly. For example, a popcorn brand that had once received Oprah's coveted stamp of approval got over 100,000 hits on its website the afternoon the episode aired and a 100% increase in sales. Blakely was in shock. The Harpo production team informed her they'd be sending a camera crew to film her at her headquarters for a small segment before the reveal, perhaps having a staff meeting. Blakely's headquarters were her living room, and her only staff member was Sarah Blakely. She alone was the CEO, CFO, designer, publicist, customer service agent, shipper, and sales team, often working from her bed or bathtub but she was no stranger to faking it till she made it and called all her nearby friends to come over and sit with her on the floor of her apartment, pretending to have a very new age Zen staff meeting. The day Oprah's favorite things aired, Spank sold 20,000 pairs. And after seven years of selling fax machines, Blakely was finally able to quit her day job. She hired staff and opened her first Spanx headquarters in Georgia. She got her product into Bergdorf's and on QVC. 
The next year, Spanx did $4 million in revenue. The year after that, it more than doubled. Four years later, Spanx had made $100 million. Blakely was invited onto the Oprah Winfrey show and had the opportunity to thank Oprah in person for showing the world her cut-off pantyhose and sending Blakely a sign when her confidence waned. In 2011, Spanx opened its first-ever retail store. And in 2012, at age 41, Sarah Blakely became the youngest female self-made billionaire. And the girl whose father urged her to take rejection in stride thanked her lucky stars she failed the LSAT. What have you failed at this week? Not many of us ask ourselves that question. But that was a fascinating principle Sarah Blakely's father instilled in her at such a young age. If you're not failing, you're not trying something new. And if you're not trying something new, you're not uncovering opportunities. Sarah Blakely was never afraid to try something new. And she didn't always succeed. She failed at selling fax machines for a long time. But there was a critical lesson hidden inside all those rejections. She became less afraid of the word no. That insight would one day lead to an empire. When she devised the idea for Spanx, she was turned down by multiple lawyers, rejected by dozens of hosiery mills, and the Neiman Marcus buying department wouldn't return her calls. But none of those obstacles stopped Blakely. Persistence. In every story we tell, persistence is the absolute shared characteristic. Stephen King turned down by 30 publishers. Every recording label rejects Lady Gaga. RuPaul keeps pushing until he was 49 years old. But in every single case, the persistence paid off. The sound of persistence contains an interesting subwoofer. Boldness. Boldness is that low-frequency rumble that lets you push through the obstacles. Boldness is that baseline courage that powers you through all the no's to get to that yes. And often, being bold means not always asking for permission. Like when Blakely drafts her own legal patent application. And when she drags the buyer into the washroom. And when she brazenly sticks her product near the cash registers in Neiman Marcus. Being new to an industry can be your greatest strength because it often means you'll do it differently than everybody else. Your thinking will be out of the box because you haven't developed a box yet. When Spanx hit big thanks in large part to Oprah's Favorite Things episode, Oprah eventually invited Blakely herself onto the show. It was an interesting moment on the stage. One billionaire talking to a soon-to-be billionaire about life. Sarah Blakely learned that to be a woman in business is to be underestimated. So she has used her wealth and influence to create a foundation that invests in women by supporting organizations in education, entrepreneurship, and the arts. She is the first female billionaire to sign the Giving Pledge, an initiative of Bill and Melinda Gates and Warren Buffett to get the world's richest people to commit to giving away at least half of their wealth. 
Sarah Blakely says rejection is just life's way of nudging you when you're a little off course. And then it rewards you with beautiful hidden opportunities. So, what have you failed at this week? Never, ever give up. Sarah Blakely, business degrees, zero, marketing classes, zero, sewing skills, zero, design experience, zero, Spanx valuation, 1.1 billion, percentage of Spanx owned by Blakely, 100. The Rejection Podcast is an apostrophe podcast production and is recorded in an Airstream mobile recording studio. This episode is hosted and written by me, Sydney O'Reilly. Research, Allison Pinches. We regret to inform you that this series is produced by Debbie O'Reilly. Engineer, Keith Oman. Director, Callie O'Reilly. Theme music by Ian Lefevre and Ari Posner. Major sources for this episode are listed in the show notes on our website apostrophepodcasts.ca slash rejection. Follow us on social at apostrophepod. If you're interested in advertising on our show, we like you. Contact us through our site. This series is executive produced by Terry O'Reilly. See you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm being completely honest now, okay? Homelessness makes me uncomfortable. But then I think, at least it's not sleeping on the sidewalk with everything I own. Uncomfortable. Don't let homelessness assumptions get in the way of homelessness solutions. Go to canadacandoit.ca. Help the Canadian Alliance to End Homelessness.